Well, howdy, everybody. Welcome to another podcast of Once Upon a Time in Texas. That's right, folks. This is podcast number seven. I've been doing this for, I guess, seven weeks now. And man, I've absolutely had a ball and I'm getting some great feedback from, uh, you know, from y'all out there. Uh, my loyal, literally fives of listeners. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's a few more than five. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm getting a lot of good feedback and so really enjoying it. I am your host, Michael Mitchell, and uh, this entire podcast was researched and created by, you know, me, yours truly. Uh, before we get started, though, I would like to mention that the podcast sponsor is Miracle Mortgage. That's uh, who I work with and for. And so if you or someone you know is moving to or in Texas and are needing a home loan, give me a holler. Give me a shout. You can find me at themichaelmitchell.com. That's right. I am the Michael Mitchell. And uh, remember, we sell dreams, not mortgages. And as an independent mortgage loan originator or loan officer, however you guys like to think about it, I work for you. Um, I don't work for a bank. I don't get paid unless you guys are happy and do a home loan. So uh, it is in my best interest to make sure you're happy and make that whole process easy. And as cheesy as it sounds, um, I love helping, you know, make that process of buying a home easy and helping people get their own little piece of Texas heaven, you know? So I like to say that uh, I sell dreams, not mortgages. And uh, that's true. So uh, anyway, so I was kind of inspired this week. I heard something on the radio talking about the U.S. Capitol riots and Donald Trump and how he's going down and being held accountable and all that stuff. And really, I I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the news story because, I don't know, I guess I really don't care um, that much. I mean, I do, but I don't. Um, you know, but that got me thinking about our own Texas State Capitol building. Uh, I know I've seen it several times. I've been to Austin quite a bit in my lifetime and yeah, I thought, yeah, you know what? It may be worth digging into a little. I'll bet you there's some myth, lore, and legend and history that I could share on the old Texas State Capitol building. And so here we go. We're going to give a little history and some facts about the, the grand Capitol building here in Texas. So hang on to your hat. So here we go. So the Texas Capitol building is located in Austin, Texas, which as many of you probably know, is the capital of Texas. Thank heavens. So, and it's really uh, an iconic landmark of the state. I mean, obviously it serves as our seat of state government, but how it was constructed, um, how they paid the builders, all this kind of stuff is is really kind of fascinating. Uh, I I will say I did not look into other capital buildings. I, I did spend part of my life in Oklahoma, and uh, the Oklahoma Capitol building actually has some oil wells <laughs> right there on the grounds of the Capitol building. And they're producing oil like they're still pumping. So anyway, we don't have any of that uh, here in Texas. But there are some really cool and interesting things um, about this building. So let's start off with some facts. I've got a few facts. Uh, number one, the building officially stands at 302.64 feet tall. And some people say it's a myth, but it is not. It is actually a fact that it is the largest. 
Well, it says largest. I think they meant tallest. It is the tallest Capitol building in the United States of America. Because, you know, we got to have that. So I think that's pretty cool. 302.64 feet. And we're going to talk about the U.S. Capitol here in a minute. But uh, fact number two, the construction of the current Texas Capitol building began in 1882 after the original Capitol building burned down in 1881, which uh, what is called the Great Capitol Fire of 1881. (laughs) That just makes me laugh. You know, I just kind of go, wow, that's a very original name, you know. Don't forget the Great Grass Fire of 2004 and the Great Flood of 1999. Um, you know, the, the Great Capital Fire of 1881. I mean, I, I guess, you know, they probably didn't want to put a lot of stock into it. But uh, anyway, they selected a couple of architects. Um, these guys were named Elijah Myers and J. Riley Gordon. So Myers is kind of cool. He was a real prominent architect of the day, and he had designed... Uh, designed uh, many other buildings uh, and many other state capitals, which actually include uh, included Michigan State Capitol and the Colorado State Capitol. And so I thought that was kind of cool that, I mean, like, I guess that guy had kind of found his niche, you know? You know what are you going to build? Oh, I'm going to build houses. What are you going to build? Well, I'm going to design, you know, foundries. What are you going to do? I think I'm going to design state capitals because there's, you know, a few out there that need built. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of cool. So the guy that designed it had designed several other Capitol buildings too. Um, The other guy, Gordon, was actually a young architect from San Antonio. And he had recently kind of gained some really big state acclaim and accolades um, for his work on the Bayer County Courthouse. Now I'm saying Bayer. We're not talking about the uh, medical company B-A-Y-E-R. We're talking about B-E-X-A-R. That's correct. So uh, a lot of folks would think that's the Bexar County Courthouse, and you would be wrong. That's actually Bayer County. So let's step back a moment. Um, you know, I'm sorry, not step back. Let's go ahead and jump forward a little bit um, to 1983. In 1983, an electrical fire damaged the Capitol building. So I guess that would be the Great Capitol Fire of 1983, not to be confused with the Great Capitol Fire of 1881. Um, You know, so we made it 102 years, an electrical fire damages the Capitol building pretty quick or pretty bad. And uh, so they have this fire damage, um, but it didn't burn down. They just did some fire damage. And so they started this 10 year restoration of the building, um, which is pretty much the building you see today, you know, as we know and love it. And so the design for the building, um, as it was in the 1880s, was inspired by Renaissance revival architecture. So that was very popular at the time. And I'm assuming that uh, since it was the same architect, uh, I didn't really go look, but I'm assuming that the Michigan and Colorado state capitals actually probably look somewhat similar, at least in style to the Texas state capitol although they're not as tall. Just want to point that out. So it was uh, constructed using this red-pink granite, um, which was quarried from uh, a city nearby called Marble Falls, which is gorgeous, in uh, Burnett County. And gorgeous area. If you guys are coming to Texas, my gosh, go check out Marble Falls. It is beautiful. So this gives the building its characteristic pink hue. 
um, that, that you can still see today. And it is kind of a pinkish color. So it's kind of, kind of neat. So fact number three, this one I thought was really interesting. So the construction of this Capitol building really had some challenges to it. Um, one of the big problems was they had labor shortages. Um, they also had some design changes and some cost overruns, you know, typical with building anything. <clears throat> it always seems like people want to change the design a little bit. Um, and then, of course, things always get more expensive. But as a result, the building actually took a whole lot longer to build than expected. Um, so although they started it in 1883, 1881, 1883, I don't remember. But right around in there, um, the cornerstone was not actually laid until 1885. But the building was not completed until 1888. So it, it took a while. And even though the building was completed in 1888, the interior work actually took a whole lot longer. So, you know, and all of that's really interesting. I did find that fascinating. But the most interesting thing is the main builders weren't paid. I mean, okay, so they were, but they weren't. They weren't paid with money. I mean, like today, you know, I can do a one-time construction loan and you can work with your builder, you know. How about that for a little segue into a miracle mortgage at themichaelmitchell.com. Yeah, if you want to build a house in Texas, I can do that too. Um, but I can't finance the, the state capitol building. But anyway, um, the builders weren't paid with money. And uh, no, no. So the state the state couldn't afford it. We just didn't have that kind of money sitting around. And so what did they do? But um, they gave the main builders, John and Charles Farwell, a few acres of land. Now, I'm sure you guys are sitting there thinking, a few acres of land? Like, to build this huge building, what what is to become the state capital, a few acres of land? Yeah. And by a few acres of land, I mean they only got, only got 3 million acres in the Texas panhandle. <laughs> and you're like, holy crap, 3 million acres, what these guys do with it? Well, the 3 million acres ended up becoming the now famous XIT Ranch and is one of the largest cattle ranches in Texas, I believe still to this day. Um, it's huge. Anyway, they they ended up making a fortune, you know, off of the land and off of cattle and everything else. So I think those guys, those guys ended up coming out pretty okay. So uh, fact number four, as I said in fact number three, there were labor shortages. So my soul, what do we do? Well, we have a lot of convicts that aren't doing anything. And so that's what they did. They brought convicts out and uh, put them to work building the building, which I guess is kind of cool that, you know, I guess it's kind of labor training, um, if you want to call it that. You know, why not? Some of these guys could probably do concrete masonry and stuff once they got out of prison. You know, they're all there. They're, you know, we're paying a lot of money to keep them in prison, so we might as well put them to work. So... Um, but there's not a whole lot of information on that other than the fact that we did use convicts. They didn't talk about where they came from, if they were, you know, life in prison or anything like that. Nope, just we used convicts. Why not? So uh, fact number five, <clears throat> this is just a little bit about the building. So it has four floors 
Um, most of them include offices, committee rooms, and assembly rooms for both the House of Representatives and the Senate for the state. The rotunda, the, the big rounded part that sits on top, is huge. It's 218 feet high, and, uh, and it's surrounded by portraits of state's past governors, which includes one that we mentioned in our, our last podcast um, about famous Texas women, since it's Women's History Month. Uh, a lady named Miriam, uh, Miriam Amanda, or Ma Ferguson. She was the first female governor of Texas, and that is kind of a fun story. So if you didn't listen to podcast number six, you might go check it out. But um, anyway, that one's kind of a, a fun story. But it did open the way for a lot of uh, a lot of ladies to be able to serve our great state. Um, but the echo in the rotunda is described as magnificent. And there are certain places where your voice sounds like it's blasting through a microphone. So if you go, be careful what you say. And uh, if my own mother is listening to this, um, yeah, be careful what you say. Because as you know, um, our voices carry a lot. <laughs> People have complained about it. So probably not a good idea for us to go talk normally in the rotunda if you and I go down there again. So, because everybody will hear what we're saying. Probably ought, probably ought not be on the phone with each other either, because apparently our voices carry through the cell phones pretty well, too. All right, so let's jump in here to fact number six. So, this building, like I said, is huge. Uh, it is the largest capital building, the tallest capital building in the U.S., because, you know, we love to do things bigger in Texas. And so, but... In 1993, we apparently decided, you know what, we're still not big enough. So they did a big underground extension that added another 650,000 square feet. So not only were we a big state capitol building, we made it bigger because, you know, why not? We, we, should do, we should do that. You know, and I'm I'm sure they put it all to good use. I don't know. I haven't been into all that, but you know, I'm pretty sure it was somebody sitting around one day going, you know, we need a little more space. You know, let's add a little room on or a wing. Heck no. We got a little money in the coffers. Let's build another six hundred and fifty thousand square feet. Golly, that's huge. Um <laughs> anyway. So fact number seven. This one I thought was really interesting because I hadn't heard much about it. So perched, precariously perched, I guess, on top of the state capitol is a statue called the Goddess of Liberty. Okay, she stands close to 16 feet tall, and actually, she is what makes the Texas State Capitol building the tallest. So I told y'all we're at 302.64 feet tall. Versus the U.S. Capitol building, which is officially at 288 feet tall. So since we're officially talking about official, you know, height, we are 14.6 feet taller than the U.S. Capitol building. But, you know, I mean, who's counting, right? <laughs> I found lots of stuff. And there's a little bit of argument whether our state capitol building is 308 feet tall or 302.64, but the... Texas Preservation Commission, I think, said the official is 302.64. So there you go. Uh, who's counting? So 
Now I'm going to go ahead and throw out, I mean, if you guys have ever been car shopping and you've looked at old cars or if you've ever been to an old car uh, show or something, you know, you'll get people that'll say, you know what, that's, that's a really nice 30 foot car or a 20 foot car, whatever. And normally what they're meaning is, uh, you know, the paint job may be a little rough around the edges or the engine may not be, you know, whatever, but you know, from 15, 20, 30 feet, whatever, you know, it looks good from that far away. Um, I know some people like that too. You kind of go, yeah, you look good, but then you get close and you're like, oh, well, okay. Maybe not. Not what I was thinking. Anyway, that's rude. Sorry. Shouldn't have said that. But apparently, um, you know, the goddess of liberty is, is this tall 16 foot statue and I guess it would be considered a 308-foot statue because at 308 feet away, it looks really good. But if you can uh, get online and look up some up-close pictures of this, like, wow, it is butt-ugly. Like, it is just, ugh. I don't, I don't know what the artist was thinking on the face, but it's just, ugh. You just got to get on and look at it. Uh, of course, that's my humble opinion. I mean, it's got like really sharp cheekbones and this very squared off jaw. Um, you know, it just, I don't know. I just thought it was ugly. Um, but I guess from 308 feet away, 302 feet, whatever it is, when you're standing down on the ground, um, it looks really pretty. Because, you know, you do see some pictures of looking at it from the ground. You're like, oh, wow, that's really pretty. But, uh, you know, you hear the word goddess and you think just this beautiful goddess, whatever. So anyway, there are some interesting facts about the Goddess of Liberty, other than being ugly, um, up close. Uh, the contractors hired to make the statue actually just created a foundry in the basement of the Capitol. They're like, hey, you know, I mean, if we're going to be building this big old thing, might as well just build it on site, which I think is kind of cool. They used 80 separate pieces of zinc um, to create four main pieces. And so like it was the legs, torso, head, and then arms, I think were, were the four main pieces, um, that they eventually welded together. So in 1983, there are some painters that are up repainting the dome, the rotunda, and they noticed that the goddess was starting to look, uh, a little worn and cracked as she was just really showing her age. Um, due to all kinds of things, you know, there were impurities in the zinc and, you know, the zinc wasn't holding together as well as it should. Um, there are temperature changes in case you don't know in Texas. Um, you know, we have temperature changes now. I know they've got temperature changes everywhere in the U S but you know, we can have all four seasons in the same day here. Uh, I mean, my gosh, it was like 84 here the other day. Uh, today it's supposed to get up to 52, but we're also expecting a 50% chance of snow flurries, which is weird. I don't know, but it's bright and sunny outside right now. Who knows? Anyway, so the goddess of Liberty had seen these temperature changes. Uh, and then of course there's wind, which we know, you know, can kind of sandblast stuff <clears throat> and then, uh, lightning strikes, you know, boom, there you go. So in 1986, um, the 1880s goddess of liberty was removed and they put her into a controlled interior, you know, I guess for restoration and preservation. And she was replaced with an exact replica 
made from high-strength, corrosion-resistant aluminum, um, which kind of made me laugh because they were very specific. High-strength, corrosion-resistant. And, you know, I drive a Ford truck, you know, and have for years. And, of course, you know, they always tout that they have military-grade aluminum. So I wonder if we ever need to replace this Goddess of Liberty <clears throat> if we'll go with military-grade aluminum. Who knows? Um, it's kind of funny, though. They did try placing her back up on top of the rotunda with a helicopter, but they had a little bit of high wind issues, and they really didn't have the winches to be able to pull her in and, and set her in place. And so they kind of put the whole thing to a halt. And then two weeks later, the National Guard of Mississippi came to help out with a type of helicopter they call a sky crane. And uh, the National Guard of Mississippi was able to get it done. So I assume that we called in the Sky Crane helicopter from the Mississippi National Guard because the Texas National Guard didn't have that particular type of helicopter in our arsenal. But uh, I kind of bet that we have one now. And so, yeah, anyway, we don't have, uh, we didn't have that type of helicopter in our arsenal, but. Yeah, I bet we have now, and we probably actually have two, just because. So anyway, fact number eight. Uh, on the floor of the rotunda is this big collection of seals <clears throat> in a circle. And they do represent the six flags that have flown over Texas. And so remember from the earlier podcast, those were Spain, France, Mexico. Um, Texas itself is the Republic of Texas. Texas under the Confederate States of America during the Civil War, and then, of course, now the United States of America. So I'd be a little remiss uh, in this whole deal if I didn't throw in a few legends. And there are some legends, and I only grabbed, I think, four of them, maybe five. But I only grabbed a few um, that get passed around to this day. And so I got to looking around and there's some on there. And of course there's theories and all kinds of other stuff. But, uh, uh, I actually found on the Texas preservation board that they addressed several of these. So the first one is there is Confederate gold buried under the oldest tree on the Capitol grounds. And so they specify on here, there is no actual documentation of this, <laughs> which I find hilarious. Um, because I kind of thought, I mean, would there be documentation? If you had a whole bunch of Confederate gold, would you document it? You know, hey, just for historical purposes, I thought I would mention that I buried a whole bunch of Confederate gold under the oldest oak tree on the Texas State Capitol. Just in case anybody wanted to know, please don't go looking for it. <laughs> so I mean, it just got me laughing because, you know, isn't most buried gold and treasure undocumented? I, I would think so. Otherwise we'd all be out looking for it more. So I will say that they, they did specify and they did talk about the fact that the Capitol grounds were excavated and restored, uh, in the 1990s and nothing was found. And so this excavation and restoration was, um, very extensive. And if there was any gold buried by Confederates, <clears throat> During the Civil War, um, it would have been done by hand, and, and they ended up going quite a bit deeper than what probably would have been done by hand. So there you go. 
undocumented potential Confederate gold buried on the Capitol grounds. Although I bet you they won't let you go looking for it. All right, so the second uh, legend or myth. So there is a crack in the rotunda floor um, that goes across it. And the legend is that a painter named Ed Wheeler was repainting and refurbishing the inside of the rotunda in 1922. And he fell 160 feet to his death, which when he hit caused the crack in the floor. Now this, I mean, this sounds like a pretty good legend. You got to think about a person falling and, and I mean, from 160 feet, you know, I don't know where you reach terminal velocity, but I would think that, you know, 160 feet, you, he was probably moving pretty fast. Um, but anyway, while this tragic accident of Ed Wheeler falling to his death in 1922 is actually true, um, it, it's really sad deal. Uh, it's true, but the current floor that is cracked wasn't installed until 1936. Uh, and it was put in to commemorate the Texas Centennial. And so, really, the crack is just due to settling? Um, or was it? Is it where Ed Wheeler landed and he's kind of reminding everybody? I don't know. So, number three. There is a uh, legend or myth going around that Texas actually does not own the land the Capitol sits on. And I thought, wow, that's fascinating. And so I looked into that and the Texas Preservation Board <clears throat> does, um, does specify on this that Texas not only paid for it once, but has actually paid for the land three separate times. So originally the Republic of Texas bought it in 1839 from who they thought had legal title. And so then we jump forward from 1839 to 1874 when another guy comes along and proved that he had rightful ownership of the land because he had purchased it. And this is where it gets kind of sketchy to me. He had purchased it from the last surviving member of a pioneer family that had died in an Indian raid. I mean, if that doesn't sound sketchy, to you, then, <clears throat> all right, I've got some land for you. So, sorry, my allergies are kind of kicking in, so I'm having to clear my throat a little bit. So anyway, um, they go ahead and buy it again from this guy. They they settle up. They want to make it, you know, make it right with this guy. So then, in 1926, they buy it again from two ladies that actually proved up that their family actually had a legitimate and earlier claim to the land um, earlier than that pioneer family. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, they were able to prove this up. You know, the first guy sold it. Who knows? Maybe he was a shyster or something. But then the second guy proved it up and I, he had some legal paperwork. It does say there that, you know, he had legal paperwork. But then these two ladies come in and say, well, that pioneer family never actually owned it our family did, and we've got legal ownership. And so they paid him out in 1926 to the sum of $20,000, which is a pretty big deal. <clears throat> so do we actually own the land now? Who knows? I don't know. Um, I need to go see if any of my ancestors lived around Austin before 1839. Maybe I can get some money and the state of Texas can buy the land the capital sits on for a fourth time. I don't know. I'd probably just give it to him because I'm that kind of guy. 
All right, let's jump into our fourth uh, myth or legend. And this one's a fun one too. So there are secret tunnels that leave the capital um, for people and horses to be able to escape the capital in the case of emergency. Um, and of course, you know, are there secret tunnels? Uh, I don't know. The uh, preservation board says, no, there are no secret tunnels. There are tunnels, but they're not a secret. And, you know, of course, if there were secret tunnels, that's what you would say, right? Um, I know if I had secret tunnels leading from my house, which there aren't, wink, wink, nod, nod, I wouldn't tell anybody about it. That's why they're called secret tunnels. Duh. Anyway, you know, they, they apparently aren't really secret tunnels and they weren't put in for hasty escapes from, you know, bandits and marauders or whatever, but they were actually installed for utilities. Um, one tunnel was, uh, put in for sewer, which ran out to a river apparently at some point. Um, and then the other one actually ran off to a power plant, uh, a ways away for electrical. And I guess they also maybe had some steam, lines and stuff that ran in them at some point, but they are described as being five foot by three foot tunnels, <laughs> which, which I got to think, okay, you know, five foot by three foot tunnels, that's not very big, but you know, these people that, that talk about these secret tunnels were so that people and horses could get away. And that got me laughing because I had a horse in middle school and high school. Her name was Rocket Rangerette. She was a good horse. She was a pain in the butt, but she was a good horse. She didn't like water. And so we'd come uh, riding up to a stream or whatever, and she would be like, nope, she wasn't going to do it. And so that that got me thinking about, here I am at the state capitol in the late 1800s, early 1900s, with my horse, Rocket Ranger at, and there's some sort of emergency coming up to where I have to use the secret emergency escape tunnels. And so I grab my trusty steed rocket and I say, come on, we're going to use the secret escape tunnel to get out of here. <laughs> rocket would take one look at that five foot by three foot dark tunnel and go, mm, nope, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And you know, I would end up being killed by whatever the emergency was because my horse, uh, my, my trusty steed, or I guess untrusty steed, wouldn't go into the stupid tunnel to get away. I'd be like, come on, Rocket, it's a secret tunnel. It's Just close your eyes, I'll lead you through. She'd be like, no, there's probably water in there and I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> so she was a pretty funny horse. But yeah, I was just thinking about poor old Rocket and trying to get her to go through this five foot by three foot tunnel. And I guarantee she would have nothing to do with it. <laughs> and so maybe I'll tell some stories about horses and stuff and you'll hear more about Rocket later. So there you go. Um, there's a little bit of history, a little myth and legend about the Texas State Capitol building. If you ever get down to Austin, slip on over and check it out. It's really pretty. There's some great museums down there too. Um, but man, the Texas State Capitol building really is a beautiful building. Don't forget, if you know anyone moving to or in or wanting to build in the great state of Texas, send them my way. Let me help them buy a house. 
or build a house. Um, as always, you can find me at themichaelmitchell.com. And uh, y'all have a great week. And remember, the stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs>